0: Welcome to Talking WoW, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft, believe it or not. My name is Tom, and today we are going to be talking about bringing the Blue Dragonflight home. And to do that, we decided, why not get a member of the Blue Dragonflight themselves to come on the show? We are honored to be joined by Andrew James Russell, who voices many characters in the game world in Diablo, Lost Ark, Genshin... Resident Evil, so many more. But we're bringing Andrew in today because Andrew is the voice of Kalagos in World of
1: Warcraft. Welcome, Andrew. What an extraordinary introduction. That was amazing. Thank you for having me here. This is so exciting. I guess uh, uh, this world is so full of wonder. There, there you go. That's Brilliant. everybody out there brilliant
0: i mean how are we going to top that uh we're we're done thank you for
1: joining us yes thank you very
0: much (laughs) (laughs) that's all we could afford of andrew's time (laughs) just that one line (laughs) also here is my co-host and unofficially the voice of the lost vikings in world of warcraft (laughs) marty hey marty I don't really feel like I can, you know, follow up on that introduction and, and things. So let's just so the show. So oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here, let's go. <laughs> Again, Andrew, wonderful to have you here. We're so excited. And something we do like to do here on the show is talk about World of Warcraft, obviously. But we like to get to know our guests a little bit better and specifically their journey in World of Warcraft. So how did your journey as a player in World of Warcraft begin?
1: wow uh literally um starting off
0: with the heavy stuff you know <laughs> we're diving right back in. of all those memories my yep. journey
1: in world of warcraft began as a small little child believe it or not i guess uh, i think the year was 2005 or 2006 really early days uh of of just d- discovering what an mmorpg really is i i was playing a game called guild wars at the time uh the first version of it and um it was at the time it was between guilt it was like a competition you know like i i remember back in that day it was like what's the best mmorpg out there and there was only a few everyone had one didn't they everyone had one coming out it seemed yeah everybody did and i mean it was for for me i was like well guild wars is the obvious choice because it's free you know but you know what got me is I was at a a land center. I don't know if those even exist anymore. Uh, It's like a a place where you would go and play computer games with other nerds that didn't have good computers at home themselves.
0: I I love how you're just explaining it as well because, you know, People probably don't know what that yeah. is.
1: It, back <laughs> before the internet was even a thing, like, this, the, these places were everywhere. They're abundant. And I would see... You go there and, you, you know, you'd see people playing Counter-Strike and you'd see people playing, uh, you know, some, like StarCraft and then you'd see the, the MMO people playing you know, Guild Wars or you'd see people playing, like, City of Heroes or the one where you could jump. World of Warcraft <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like wait a second so what if you wanted to like jump off that thing that that cliffside in that uh, that town there and, and jump on and they like jumped off the side and jumped onto the top of a building in Orgrimmar and I was like my mind was melted because like I was like I can't believe the physics in this game that you can jump like this is a game changer so like that was my first venture into the world of warcraft was at a land center and uh, I found out my computer could run it and I convinced my my parents at the time to be like hey I I need the subscription Uh, I had to break it down on why this was important and uh, that was my first adventure into the game and the rest is history I guess 20 years of history or almost 20 years of history (laughs) that's crazy
0: And have you been playing it solidly for 20 years, or have you had some breaks in between there, or have you just been... Of course. Like Marty. I like to use Marty as an example, but Marty's been pretty
1: solid for 20 years. He hasn't (laughs) wavered in his commitment. I'm definitely a wavering gamer for all the games I play. So I I come and go in waves, uh, and especially for World of Warcraft, I played... uh, I think it was Burning Crusades was like my first, my first, like full adventure through the game I played a little bit before that uh with the classic but i just wasn't good enough to figure it out um but burning crusades i played through wrath and then uh i took a, i dipped out until pandaria and uh i came back in in pandaria um made jack black my panda and uh <laughs> gotta love that to be done. as you do and uh you know moved on forward and then uh, you know took another break came back in bFA took another break came back in dragonflight for obvious reasons um but yeah yeah I that's kind of how I am as a gamer you know and that the, the beautiful thing about coming back to world of warcraft is you can just I mean with the knowledge and understanding of how the game works uh you can just jump right back into pretty much where you left off I mean there's something magical about jumping into a character that I made in 2006 that's just standing in Stormwind, you know level 10 like i'm like what was i doing on this guy like why did did i make this guy but it's just so cool to see like oh i remember that armor i remember this character why did i name him that what phase was i going through at that point in my life i don't know so it's it's really a magical thing to come back to time and time again and just kind of pick up where you left off i
0: love how you talk about as well like you just saw somebody playing the game and they did something simple like just just jumping and I think like that time when World of Warcraft came out, yes there was a lot of competition from other games but also it, it feels like there wasn't as many games as there are now and it felt actually like I think a lot of people just saw somebody else playing World of Warcraft and they were just like, I've never seen anything like this before this like this is incredible and I think I've just heard like so many people, just seeing world of warcraft at that stage in their life and just being like, I got to get on this. I think Marty is a, a similar story of like yeah. his friend was playing it and he saw him play it. And it's just like, I, I got to get in on this. You know, I got to get in on pressing my space bar. My character's moving.
1: Yeah. I want to jump. I want to jump. You know, I mean, at that time I remember, uh, I mean, there was a game called, um, counter-strike condition zero. And this game was, like, in between Counter-Strike 1.6 and Counter-Strike Source. And this game you could put bots in. And I remember, like, figuring out every creative way possible to go over to my friend's house and get these awful computers that could barely even, like, turn on to run this game and connect them via LAN so that we could just join the same server as each other and run around and fight bots and play as if we're... Like, it's just a natural thing. I mean, if you think about how crazy technology has become, like, Halo 1 was not online. Like, thinking about that, Halo 1, we used to take our Xboxes and connect them and bring these, you know, big old honking... I used to call them the monster, these TVs that like took three people to carry down the stairs for a twenty inch freaking seventy pound, you know, thing. And
0: they're the reason why we are gonna have bad backs. Yeah. You know, when we're older. <laughs> I mean, but you
1: would have those land parties. So the, the, the fight and the desire to play with your friends in these beautiful worlds that we all get lost in on our own was so present. And to see this game that not only did that well, but it also just did it on a grand global scale all of a sudden I was playing with people in Ireland, I was playing with people that I never could have possibly ever met before in my life and the fact that we're like running dead minds together and they're screwing it up because they don't know what the heck their role is Like, and I can argue with them and it's great I'm like, hey, you're messing it up and they're like, oh, I'm messing it up and I'm like, okay, now we will do better next time you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing
0: yeah magical times and i think that's you know carried on as well like that sense of community and connectivity just throughout the the years as well it's just got better like it's got easier it's you know you don't have to lug that tv around anymore thank goodness but <laughs> it, it it all stemmed from there and i think it, it's just evolved and and you know it you still just look back on that with such a such a warm feeling as well I mean, I remember uh, just
1: filling up my granddad's car just with with computers and four people and monitors and sitting on top of each other because, you know, the gear took up so much space and he had like a small Toyota and
0: crazy thing. And then we just drove to one of our friends' house and set off all the computers and just having a a, a full weekend of a LAN party. That was crazy
1: times but it was so when you think back at how easy it is today it it seems crazy but it it was so much fun (laughs) there's there's a little bit of you know that's i think um i think wild classic kind of pulls out the nostalgic card on a lot of people and i think that nostalgic card is very very present in the idea of these we kind of almost wish that we could kind of go back to those days a little bit sometimes. And I feel bad for current generation sometimes of kids who just don't like I feel bad and I don't because it's, it's remarkable how it is now. But I also, there's something about, you know, those days of having, like I have pictures of me and my three friends in, you know, in their basement with, you know, all of our computers. We got like, we spent like six hours getting it all worked up. So it's all like perfect. So we could go and we could be next to each other, running raids or playing first person shooters or whatever it was that we were doing. And like, we thought we were the most clever people in the universe because we're like, we got an unfair advantage because we're sitting next to each other, you know? Like, we, we could see, oh, you just lost to that guy? I'll go find him, you know? Like, we we had it. <laughs> we thought we were, like, so cool. And there's some there's some sense of a, a community and a really close friendships that were formed because of those days that I still, those guys that I played with back when I was 12, 13 years old, I mean, twenty years later, I still play games. I still play World of Warcraft with them. I still—it's still a thing. It's just now it's all virtual. So, you know, it's just different the way things are now. It's not necessarily worse or or better, but um, I just wish that there was more of a reason for people to get together and play games together like they used to. Mm. It's—I miss it a little bit. (laughs)
0: Nostalgia—it comes to us all. It comes to us all. Uh, So, moving ahead in time just a little bit, we've got the world of Warcraft and then we've got you as a gamer and now a voice actor. How did that happen? How did you get into the world of voice acting? And I realize that could be a
1: very open-ended question. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. I mean, I think, I think um, we kind of touched a little bit on it. I mean, I obviously am a huge gamer uh, Mm -hmm. and it started from an early age. I remember, very early on waking up to my parents being like hey we just got this new this new video game it's really cool it's called Star Fox and I was like well that's Star Fox like really young I don't even know I was probably like five or six years old and you know up until that point I did all the stuff that you probably should do more of like stay outside and ride bikes and you know I was out till the sun Went down, you know, and and I still did that for for years on. But uh, w- right around middle school, I started really getting into games because of games like Counter Strike, World of Warcraft, Guild Wars, all these games. Um, and I found a really sense of community. And um, once I was playing a game, and I can't I can't recall if it was probably around eighth grade. I don't know the specific time frame, but I was playing. And I, it just, like, kind of dawned on me that the people talking in the game weren't just characters in the game. They were people. They were humans. And and these sounds and these creatures were all coming from people. And, I mean, I already knew that from animation, but, like, I never just dawned on me with video games. I, I didn't even think about it. I just kind of was like, oh. And, you know, as I was playing through all these games, like, you know, playing Half-Life or, you know, Blue Shift or whatever it is that I was playing at the time, I just, it blew my mind thinking like, this somebody's making a living doing this. Like, that's crazy. So I started to learn a little bit about voice acting then, uh, about 7th or 8th grade. And when I got into high school, um, I was a little bit lost. Uh, I was a little bit kind of like a kid that didn't really know where he belonged. I felt like uh, I didn't really, I wasn't a very academic child and I wasn't a very um, like I wasn't into sports I wasn't into chess I wasn't into any of these things I like playing video games and I like doing that stuff and I walked in my first day of um, high school and this was just a freshman day it was the first day for just a freshman so they're not overwhelmed and all the teachers were out in the hallway greeting everybody and for whatever reason I walked in and I just immediately went to the right inside the front doors of my high school and the theater teacher of the school was like you know actively recruiting people to come into class cuz there wasn't enough theater students and he's like hey you should come, you know, be in theater like it'll help, you know, it'll help with whatever it is that you feel like you need to like get out of you, you know. And I just thought that was interesting. So that kind of sparked a theater bug in me and lo and behold I went heavy into that, marching band, theater, video games. That was like my life in high school. And um I decided theater was the way to go. Um so I tried to get into theater. I tried to do, uh, after high school, I tried to get into a theater college and it didn't work out at first. And, uh, I was like, well, I'm going to be realistic. I'm going to go get a coding degree. I'm going to learn C plus plus. Um, that's good. And, uh, but I'm still going to have some fun. So I'm going to get a game design degree as well. Uh, I'm going to do them side by side. So for almost three years, I did that. And, uh, I found myself just not fitting in in that crowd either, like fitting in the the, the programming side of things. Um, game design was still super fun to me, but I just felt like I needed to do more. Like the theater was calling me, so um, I ended up going to school for musical theater. I found another school and I auditioned for it and I got in. And I did musical theater throughout college. And throughout college, I still had that voiceover thing ticking in my brain. Um, my second year of college I bought a microphone and I was like oh man it'd be so cool to be in video games animation someday where do I start I started doing like own my own commercials for like products that I had in my refrigerator you know like I have I think I have this awful <laughs> recording of me reading the 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 little catchphrase for Foster Farms Corn Dogs I was like Foster Farms <laughs> Corn Dogs you know like I was. I thought I was being so cool I was like yeah this is great I like put some like royalty free music to it I was like yeah this is gonna that be that
0: is today's sponsor today by the way no, <laughs> <laughs> Foster Farms <laughs> Corn Dogs
1: yeah but like I remember like I just loved it but It never was like an accessible thing. It just always felt like, I don't know what this is, but I know that I love it. I know that this is something that I'd want to do someday. And all the while still studying musical theater, I graduated college, uh, did a lot regionally for about two years I did theater and then I moved to Los Angeles and this was finally the time for me to I was going to get into TV film that was like my goal so I moved to Los Angeles I was like TV film all the way I'm done doing theater Uh, I've done the professional circuit I'm not going to leave Los Angeles and then I booked a Broadway tour of Jersey boys. And then I left Los Angeles completely. And my plans went completely out of the door. So I toured that for uh, a year and a half. And then I came back and I found out I was living in the hub of voiceover for the entire world. This was back in 2015. And I was like, I've been wanting to get into voiceover forever. Like, this is like a sign. Like I, I, I I have to figure this out now. So I, I kinda dove head in like I just went for it. I I learned everything I could learn about voiceover, um, anything that I could do with a specific goal in mind to be in video games. And I mean, eight years later here I am and uh it's been quite the journey and if it weren't for my my sense of being um an outcast or being lost or feeling like uh, I didn't fit in any group. If I didn't have that experience and I didn't have that, that turning point of, of feeling like, Oh, theater, I have theater. I have, um, you know, I have video games. I have a community that I found. I don't think any of this would have ever happened. And it took all those weird rejections and weird moments of my life to lead me to this point of realization of like, oh my gosh, here I am. You know what I mean? I feel like all of those paths led me to this point. So that's the long journey in a, believe it or not, cliff-noted version of, uh, of how I got here. It's kind of crazy. I was about to say, is that the short version? Then uh, That's the, the short version, yeah. The long one seems very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, mm. because I think, you know, it can be quite relatable. People, like, not finding their place in the world, and, you know, sometimes it takes takes a long way to get there, and I think that's just a reminder of that. And just, just another point that you, you, you mentioned as well, about just when you were younger, and just thinking about the character voices in-game. And I think as gamers, it's something we just totally forget about and we're quite ignorant to that there's so many moving parts to actually what takes to make a video game. And, you know, you've got the music and you've got the development side and then you've got, you know, the voice acting as well. And that takes a lot to bring that all together to make the complete package of the game. So it's just like a reminder that, like like you say, there's humans behind this as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, and I think there's there's something to that. I think... Uh, so oftentimes we forget that you know, regardless of what is happening in the world of video games and and regardless of what's happening with the voices in the games, you know, people tend to forget the humanity behind I mean everybody has a story of some something that has happened to them, and uh, you know uh, that character you never know I mean with Caligos just because we're talking about Caligos like all of that history that I have I've piled into that character you know what I mean like that if it weren't for my experiences back in 2005 I wouldn't be able to do anything that I do in World of Warcraft the way that I do it and then you know there might be somebody in another game or in World of Warcraft or whatever that has never even heard of the game. You know what I mean? So it's like, but like that doesn't dis- discount the experiences that they can bring to the role. So it's just kind of a crazy thing when you just think of like, Oh my gosh, there's so much that can be behind what's happening behind the character. And it's it's cool. It's kind of a fun thing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like your story and almost the blue dragonfly is, is somewhat similar in a way of like that they're trying to find their place they're they're reestablishing these connections and you know finding that place where they they ultimately belong and they can thrive and uh it's just kind of interesting how that that works and then you're able to you know channel that in as well so just on the on the subject of Kalagos and your your journey through gaming and and voice acting how did it feel to become the voice of Kalagos like a in a game that you had been associated with, like playing for such a long time.
1: It was like, uh, and forgive me, but it was like finding my family. <laughs> it was like, it really was. I, it felt, I mean, just going in the first session, I, I couldn't even believe. In fact, when I auditioned for the character, I, I didn't even I thought it was kind of in reference to the character, not actually the character. I thought I was auditioning for somebody else that just kind of was like, you know, that idea. And, um and once I got in there and they were like, Hey, this is Caligos. I like lost my brain. Cause you know, I, I was, I was raiding back in the day. You know, <laughs> I remember all those, those, those days of Caligos and, you know, I knew kind of what that meant. And it, it was just a beautiful thing. And it was also kind of fun for me because when you record sessions, typically um, they approach the session by they, I mean like the developers or the direction team or uh, you know, whoever's on the call, the producers, whoever it is, um, they approach the session, assuming you know nothing because A lot of times we don't. I mean, there's a lot of projects that I don't know anything about uh, because there's a number of reasons. You know, you don't have time to research every single thing about every single project we do because that's just we're bouncing around every day doing different stuff. Um, But this one in particular, you know, they, they started to explain... Okay, you know, this is kind of like, you know, they're explaining the world in their own way, you know, kind of comparing it. It's kind of like this, and it's kind of like that, you know, think of it like this. And I'm like, guys, uh, I have something to admit to you. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, I I have, I don't know, 15 max level characters and over thousands of hours in this game. And they're like, oh... (laughs) You could like feel the relief on their shoulders, like they're just like, oh my gosh, that we could talk to you like you like a normal person, like we don't, we can say references to like Illidan, and you'll know what that means, you know. Like it, it was such a relief for them and for me as well. I could
0: just imagine them trying to explain what a Murloc was. Yeah, or that. can you like imagine?
1: That. Like I can't imagine trying to explain any of that stuff. Like to anybody who has never stepped foot in the world of Warcraft, you know, trying to even explain what a orc is, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to to paint that picture, but just having that familiarity with the game and the, uh, the mutual understanding of the journey that has gotten us to this point that it was, it was a remarkable thing. And it was an experience I'll never forget. And I'm so thankful for them for bringing me in. And like every session, ever since has been just it's been wild and so so much fun to work with these amazingly talented individuals it's it's really cool
0: so you mentioned it briefly about your collaboration with the the game developers and you also mentioned it about like how you've brought experiences into your voice acting as well i'd be interested to know like how much influence do you have like on the character when you're you know, recording your lines or you know, inputting
1: into like the creative side of that. Sure, um, I would say it's a. I mean, I don't want to say fifty-fifty, but I, I, I would say it, I think a lot of, with all of us, it, it it's what you bring to the role that kind of inspires more creativity. So when when I come in, what I'm giving in my take, if, if this is a really emotional scene and I'm talking to somebody, um, in fact, there was, um, there was a moment when, uh, Kalagos was talking to Sindragosa. and what, what my question for the, uh, the creative team at the time was, was what is, what does this feel like? Does this feel like, because keep in mind, we have a script with words, no picture this is before everything we don't have any idea what this is we have words it's like you're just looking like a a blank page almost so I I asked them the question I said what does this feel like you know does this feel like you're seeing your love for the first time in 50 years or is this you're seeing somebody that you've only heard of in stories that you cannot believe they even exist does this feel like uh, you've been betrayed by somebody you know like what does this feel like and the wonderful thing about all of the producers and the team um, that are working on the narrative and the, the cinematics and all the, the, the things that Kalagos is involved with is they always have the most thoughtful and beautiful answers. And they, they know they, you know, asking them challenging questions, they know how to deliver because they know the game better than anybody and they uh, they answer it so so well that it, it paints a picture for me as the actor side of me that I can bring experience to that line. So then the line goes from being this generic, you know, I I can't believe you're here to like something that's just so much more profound. Like you you've like through talking and back and forth and figuring it out, I can imagine a scenario where it's like i haven't i i've only heard stories of you like i i I can't believe you're here you know it's so much different and it transforms the way that you would read the line and through this collaborative effort you get to the final result and i wouldn't say i would say it's about like 70 30 more so you know it's like i bring I think I like to bring a lot to the table but I also wouldn't be able to get there without the help of amazingly talented individuals on the other side. So it it's it's very much a collaborative effort. It's it's awesome. It's my favorite thing to do.
0: We we definitely appreciate getting a little peek behind the curtain there as well <laughs> and I think that leads into this next part really really well because the blue dragonfly quest line in 10.1 i think it has been one of the highlights in storytelling in the dragonflight expansion so far you've already talked a little bit a lot about what it was like being involved in that and you talked about you know you're just initially just dealing with words on a page what was it like seeing that finished product because i know like the fan base it, it was an emotional ride for for the players and it was so well received and you know just going traveling back to to the old world and just
1: the whole narrative as a whole what was it like seeing that come to life unreal i mean it listen when i uh when i first got wind of of what we were doing on that quest line in particular um my my first First instinct was to open up a book by christy golden christy golden actually sent over a few of these books after our first recording and she was like check these out you know um it was a book called that she wrote called uh thrall i believe is the is the world of warcraft book it's the thrall book um it's all about Thrall, which is funny because it's like, well, it's all about Thrall. What is this? But there's a lot of history and things that happen with Caligos in this world. In particular, you get to, um, you get to, t- we learn about Caligos's history and in particular uh, with, there's a storyline on the side, which is kind of cool that they put tribute to it with Kiri, uh, Kirigosa, I believe is her name, um, which wasn't really in it was more of a book character that they kind of brought into the game um but the most important thing to me was returning to theramore uh that whole quest line and what theramore means to calicos i had to i had to research you know all of the history of theramore and like The importance of what this place means and why it's so important and and not just that but throughout the whole quest line just all these places that you got to return to and see and and feel the 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 history that meant so much to me to return to so i wanted to make sure in in the performance that not only does he speak about his experiences that he actually remembers and feels those experiences and remembers the history behind each place, and as you go there, you know there's there's a lot of finding himself and a lot of this family is everything. You know, he's full on like Fast and Furious mode, Vin Diesel over here. You know, we're we're going full on family and 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 all of these memories and all of these things are kind of just being poured out of him. And gosh, it was just so... They gave me so much wonderful things to work with. And I think most a lot of that work was done by uh, Anne Stickney, who is one of the narrative uh, leads. And oh my gosh, Anne is like one of the best people to work with. Um, And in that Anne knows the game in and out. And I mean, just... It was just incredible. That that's the best way I can explain it. It was so much fun to work on, and and not only that, um, not only Anne. Uh, I should I would be remiss to to uh, not mention all of the community of World of Warcraft because the amount of videos that I watched on lore, all on YouTube, um, of people talking about all of the history of not just theramore but also just the history of kalagos the history of world of warcraft the history there's so many wonderful videos throughout the entire community where these passionate really well-spoken individuals talk about the meaning of just one specific random thing like it's remarkable that i can find a video about the impact of the theramore bombing of the man, you know what I mean? Like what? That's crazy that I could find that, but it's out there because the community in world of Warcraft is so passionate and it would be silly of me not to take the same passion and energy that they portray and put it into the character. If I didn't do that, I'd be doing a disservice to them. So that's, that's why this, this whole quest line was so important to me.
0: Absolutely nailed it. I mean, yourself and just everyone who was part of, bringing that quest to the to the community to us gamers i think it was just so i don't know i don't know if there was just like aspects of it that were just so relatable as well and just you could just every like you were hanging off every word and just it was just enriched in this emotion that you know there's been criticism you know of like warcraft narrative in the past you know like shadowlands and things like that but dragonflight seems to have turn this page and what we got there I, I know I know you uh really enjoyed it as well Marty it'd be kind of awkward if you didn't but um it was just uh, it was just so refreshing and just I just you know I think when it was done we were just sort of sitting there in awe of just like what
1: transpired well thank you I'm I'm really glad that it 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 folded unfolded that way for you guys because I think that everybody, and, and this doesn't just go for obviously for this quest line, but working with the entire team over uh, at Blizzard and, and seeing the, the amount of passion and care that they all put into all this, all this stuff and um, seeing the end result be received so well. And I mean, listen, my favorite part playing through was the freaking Katamari ball in the beginning where you freaking <laughs> i i lost my mind at that i thought it was so funny and i mean i was just so happy that that was even a thing i was like this is so this is so brilliant like it's so great and lo and behold the guy who programmed it happened to be watching my stream while i was playing it and oh, he wow. sent me a message and said I I I worked so hard on this. Like, thank you so much for, you know, saying how much you enjoyed it. I'm so happy. Like, thinking about just a little moment, you know what I mean? Just a little catamari moment and just being like, ah, oh, this is great. This is so funny. You know, somebody worked really hard on that. Somebody poured hours of their life into making something so simple that was just like a small little reference. I mean, think about the overarching, you know, story. I mean, these are hundreds of very talented, thoughtful, and creative individuals who just are pouring their soul into this. And to see such a, a lovely and warm response to all that work that they put into it, I think is a very, very lovely thing to see. And I I think any anytime anybody has anything that they love about something, please post about it. Please share it because they see it, you know, and we live in a world where people are more vocal about things they dislike rather than things that they do like. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when that's all you see, if you see stuff that's like, oh man, I did not, I didn't like this. I didn't like this. I mean, speak up and say the things that you do like, you know, like what, what, what's something you did like about it? And those, those nice comments, you never know, might keep that person who made that thing going to make the next thing even better it's just going to create more positivity you know
0: absolutely it just goes back to the point as well like the people behind the game there's humans there real emotions real feelings and it's it is just important to remember that yeah serious question now go for it are you responsible for the caligo soup slurping oh gosh <laughs>
1: Oh man, um, I, I, I—the actual physical sound effect—I don't know if that's me or not. To be honest with you, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't think I was in there going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have made some like, or. Uh, you know, some weird uh, efforts and stuff like that. I don't know if I slurped or anything, but you know, that whole soup sequence was so funny. It was like, uh, thanks. Like, uh, I don't know if I want to try this, uh, but yes, I that's one of my favorite. I mean, listen. He doesn't even touch the spoon to his mouth. It completely misses, it's, which, which makes it even better. He's like, oh, 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 yeah. oh, this is really good, you know, like pouring it off on the side. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. I, that's my favorite animation that uh, that they put into the game. I sat there staring at Caligos eating, quote-unquote, soup for some time, probably too long for a 34-year-old man to be sitting there watching. But here we are.
0: <laughs> it's. I mean, Caligus is just so relatable with with everything. But I think that specific moment, I was like, "Yep, you know, just being handed this bowl of kind of fish soup, I'd been exactly the same." <laughs> yeah, me too. Be <laughs> looking for a nearby plant just to, like, oh, to pour the, it mm, into or something. Oh, so good! Great, I already drank it. And they're tasty. like, "We've
1: got more." <laughs> it's
0: like oh. So you are the voice of Caligus, um, but we decided to throw this this question in here as well. If you could pick any other character to voice in the world of Warcraft, who would you pick? Oh, And consider this your audition.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> I already got to voice a Tauren. That was always like a dream. Yes. So that's really cool. If you don't know, I'm the voice of a guy named Andante Dormu. Uh, Dante, for short, he's a bronze dragon, and uh, you could find him over by uh, the bronze uh, flight uh, quest line. Uh, but... I've always wanted to voice a goblin because you know I got this, I uh, got the thing going. You know I could do this, I could do the thing, and I always like, I always like the idea that they were just like these, like yeah, get out of here, these little like Joe Pesci sort of guys, you know. But if I could do any other like uh, main character, I think probably I really like Rathian because he's so he's so sassy. He's just a sassy guy. I think Rathian would be cool, but I I really find goes to just be the perfect fit for me I, I think you summed it up best in that uh, that sense of finding you know not feeling like you belong and finding your family like I never even thought about it until you mentioned that 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 kind of is the perfect fit for my story is like I finally kind of found my family I found the thing that I feel like I was meant to do with my life and because of that i can't really imagine getting to voice any other character in the world of warcraft than calicos i think it's a perfect fit
0: what a what a beautiful statement and uh, marty what do we think about the goblin is that i a mean pass? yeah i think so i think that should yeah. be uh, okay. just just a small side role you can quickly do and but i think we want to keep you as curly guys okay
1: great 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 great. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and finally you obviously can't share too much about the future you know you you're not a bronze dragon after all, Calygos. <laughs> um, but what has been your favorite part of Dragonflight so far? Uh, excluding the obviously amazing 10.1 quest line.
1: Of course, of course. Excluding that quest line, I certainly found the Azure Span, the, that whole introduction into what was going on with Caligos, His arc throughout Dragonflight has been one of the most rewarding arcs to be a part of as a voice actor in general in all the games that I've ever voiced because he goes from being this broken, unsure, quiet, somewhat sad and lost individual to being a confident, strong leader who knows where his place is. Like, the difference and the journey to get there pretty much all happens throughout the Azure Span. And, I mean, not just because of Galicos, but, I mean, the Azure Spans, like, I mean, we can all agree. This was, like, the best zone in Dragonflight, I think. It's it's so beautiful. I mean, the, the I love the them- thematic nature of it. It reminded me of Wrath. Um, a little bit, uh, which was really cool to go flying through that, flying the You've dragons. got the,
0: t- the Tuscar in there, so it's, you know, yeah. it's automatically the best, right? <laughs> yeah, the Tuscar,
1: you know, those, uh, those, those, you know, it's funny, fun fact about the Tuscar when we first were recording, um, the Tuscar we we were just chatting about life and stuff and uh in the booth we were talking about you know just what's going on in life and I was talking about my wife and I was like yeah and this is right before we even start talking and keep in mind I only see my line so I didn't know this was a thing but I'm like yeah my wife yeah she's uh she's a voice actor too and you know we're just kind of we went to the Santa Monica Pier or whatever today it was a lot of fun they're like oh what's your wife's name I'm like Brenna and they're like they like lost their minds. I was like, "Why is that so funny?" Like, her name's Brenna. Like, they're like, "You're about to quest for the next like two sessions with a Tuscar named Brenna that you're, oh my and goodness. Brenna's Brenna's the first Tuscar that you meet that you go on all the adventures with with the Tuscar, and they they just thought it was so funny that Calagos and Brenna are questing together and doing all these adventures together and like finding their way together while the actor for Caligos and his wife, Brenna are (laughs) adventuring through life together. It was just like, it was just a funny moment. So all of that memory of the Azure span and all those quest lines, uh, the, the finding himself and all that stuff, it's just, that will forever be one of my favorite experiences, especially for world of Warcraft.
0: Unfortunately, this episode has to come to an end, even though I don't want it to, but Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your story and so many beautiful coincidences in your journey, not only in voice acting, but World of Warcraft and how they came together. We are so grateful for, for you sharing this story. It's been an absolute joy to, to listen to you speak. And I don't know, what how, how do you say, well, what's a, a good goodbye for a, a blue,
1: blue dragon? Hmm. See you soon, my friends. Something like that.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll have sh- show notes with links where you can find Andrew, and of course, you can find Andrew in game Kalagos. Uh, so if you haven't done that Blue Dragonfly quest line, what are you doing? Stop listening to this and go do it. I've been Tom. That's been Marty. That's been Andrew, the voice of Kalagos, and we've been talking Wow.
1: Thanks for tuning in, champion. Did you enjoy this episode of Talking Wow?
0: If so why not drop a review on your podcast catcher of choice or leave us a comment? You can find Talking Wow on Twitter or YouTube over at Talking Wow. Hope to see you again soon!